from the desert cities of Southern California. Your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, I'm here with John McMullen. Hi, John. Hey, Todd. Well, we've got lots of things to talk about today because there's obviously lots of news to go with COVID-19 because that's what everybody's talking about. Uh, who, who knew there that was cars a, could get uh, a virus? Well, uh, they can't, but the dealerships can, <laughs> and, 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 the, and the salespeople delivering them can. Yes. So there's a lot of that going on. Uh, the the the, uh, the the lobby group in D.C. for the dealers uh, got uh, the Trump administration to list auto sales as essential services now. So that's on their list, but it's still up to the governors as to what to do is still up to the state and local governments. So um, I don't think that's going to change anything here in California. Probably I doubt not. It. I mean, I don't, I just don't think so. I mean, first of all, they have to adapt anyway. I mean, they, as it is, and they have a point to a certain extent that showrooms are not exactly big crowded places. You know, there's usually not like, 50 people in the showroom at any given time or on the lot. So they have a lot of real estate and they have a lot of you know space and they can actually, you know, do social distancing by sticking you in an office and sitting far away from you or something. But right. uh, uh, what they're, you know, right now though is a particularly good time. If you'd like to buy a car, uh, first you have to be in the market and second, you'd have to be in the position to buy a car. And these days people are a little nervous about keeping their jobs. Some people know that they're going to have their job, whether they're self-employed or whether they're in one of the, you know, essential services that they know isn't going to go away. I mean, if you're in law enforcement, chances are you're not going to get furloughed. True. Even though, even though, even though I, I, I'm pretty sure the cities all have to cut back on budgets. I know that the uh, mayor of Los Angeles announced cutbacks, but it was not in any, uh, you know, it wasn't in uh, fire or police service. Public safety, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be in that that direction. But uh, so the dealers do need to get rid of inventory because they have what's called floor plan charges, and that's basically financing. That you know their inventory is financed. They, most dealers don't have the kind of cash to pay for you know. 70 cars all at once so what they do is it's, it's you know it's finance it's a you know the low interest rate generally but they still have to pay and each time a car is sold that, that ticks one more you know chunk off their floor plan charge charges sure. so they would they would like very much to get rid of these things and if you're in the you know in the um uh in the in the market it certainly uh, seems like a good time uh, well, i know we were... talked about this over the last few weeks but it also is becoming more apparent from watching television advertisements uh the promotional campaigns they have to get people into vehicles still at various manufacturers and right. how they'll you know bring the car to you Right, exactly. Uh, the um, you know, they're they're already advertising. This is an informal review of Southern California dealers, which would include uh, the, the Coachella Valley. That they advertise as prices that were at least three to five percent below sticker, which I think you can get more than that. Zero uh, percent financing, seven year loans, which I think is too long. You know, ninety days no payment is due. Uh, I think Hyundai and Kia and uh, Genesis are saying that if you lose your job, you don't have to make payments for like three months or something like that. Uh, there's deferred start on payments. I think, who was it, Ford or somebody said they were going to make three payments for you. Uh, and then, you know, defer the rest for another, you know, three months. So it's, it's a little bit easier for you to make payments. God, maybe it's uh, time they, to go buy a car. 
That's true. Well, basically, it all has to be done online, and and how they have to deliver it is uh, kind of that they're you know learning how to do. First of all, they're learning how to actually make it you know do all the, the paperwork online so they can accept payment and everything else. And uh, it might be a little bit more, less painful if you're doing it at home rather than sitting there being grilled by the finance and, and insurance guy. You know, as to what what you know what you need to add to your car. But yeah, I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll still try to push that. That's even actually the, about the most painful part of the car buying experience for me is having to sit in a finance manager's office for what seems like forever to deal with all of yes. the particulars. It, it seems like eternity and it's like – and they've given you this like uh, long contract form with, with you know, with different color copies and with carbon paper, which, you know, nobody else is using these days. Right. You know, you think of any other business that's still using, you know, triplicate with carbon paper. I can't think of any. Right. Uh, you know, but some of these dealerships still are using these Join the these 21st forms. century and sign everything on a tablet. Yes. Yeah. Well, that, that's how you do it on a Tesla, though. Everything is done electronically. So if they figured out how to do it electronically, you know, it can't, you know, it can't be that hard to figure out how to do. Hey, even the uh, dinosaurs of the hospitals out here who I used to complain about for years, why do we have to sign a gazillion pieces of paper every time I come in and, you know, and kill, you know, a forest? Why can't we do this with a device? And now they do. Yeah, well, it, it certainly makes sense, and they can wipe down the device each time as well. Yep. I mean, you know, that that's certainly capable. You know, that's certainly easier to do than it is to, you know, shuffle you know tons and tons of paper. Sure. Uh, but they're what they're doing is they're you know they're they're telling people what this is how they'll do it. They will come to your home. They'll deliver the car to your home. Uh, they drive to you with you know a mask and gloves on. Then they park it in your driveway and they disinfect it while you watch. You know, so they wipe the whole thing down. Uh, then you, they would leave the papers for you to sign. You know, you can use your own pen, but, you, you know, like on the hood of the car practically. So, that, you know, not, it's not really touching anything. And, and they would uh, do it that way. I think what they're really going to need to do, because I, I think, you know, part of any sort of thing is that you have to have demand for, for product. And if people aren't getting money and they're not working, the demand goes way down. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can think of is that, A, you get people back to work, which is going to be, fairly difficult given all the various you know things that we're going to have to deal with social distancing and you know i don't know if i want to see a waiter come up to my table you know wearing a you know a mask a gown and you know all the personal protective equipment that you would think right that's a little a little off-putting but i get you know it could happen i guess but um you know all these kinds of things you know are possible but they're you know they're really doing all they can to try to deliver this but i think cash for clunkers is a good idea and i've also seen it floated out there is that you know now that we like the idea that we're having clean air again mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, you that, that the cash for clunkers should be cash for um electric vehicles for plug-in hybrids and for hybrids that get a certain over you know certain mpg over that so you're really cleaning up so you know it makes a big difference if you're trading in a uh, you know say a 15 year old uh, gas engine car uh, and you're getting something that's you know, far more clean uh, but you know because everybody's going to want to trade it in i can see it now for huge pickup trucks and huge suvs it seems yeah. to be that's what all people want but i you know, I think we should be able to get past that. Not me. I want I guess, one of those little blue things that you have. Little blue things like a Tesla? Yeah. Well, you know, it's cash for clunkers. Yeah. Well, you can buy anything you want. I mean, I'm telling you, the Tesla Model Y, which is their SUV based on the Model 3, 
uh, is going to do very, very well if they can ever, you know, get back to full, fa- you know, full uh, production in their factory, which I think they're going to do like all the other uh, car companies. I think you had a story about um, all the different car companies that were starting their factories again. Yeah, there's, uh, it seems that there's uh, not just that, of course, but that the president of the United States uh, turned to uh you know, some of the people at the heads of the auto industry to make some determinations this past week on when we might be able to reopen the economy up. But uh, uh, more automakers are planning to get back to work next month. Toyota, Fiat Chrysler, and Tesla all announced that they have plans to reopen their manufacturing plants on May the 4th. And Honda is aiming for around the same time. Toyota Uh, Todd has uh, pushed back its starting date three times, though, due to the pandemic. The company runs a total of 15 plants in North America, including 10 here in the U.S., yeah, they're they're one of the biggest manufacturers in the United States. They, you know, the Japanese, you know, method is basically they like to build it where they sell it. Now, yes, the profits to go back to Japan, but they like to build it where they sell, you know, where they sell the products. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I think that it, it's a matter of Ford had a good idea. I thought that 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 was an interesting take. They were no, they didn't have a good idea. Remember, they yeah. had a better idea. That's right. Ford has a better idea, and they're going to wear wristbands that will alert you if you're too close. Is that it? Yeah, something like that. So um, they're testing out these wristbands that are going to buzz if wearers come within six feet of each other. I guess this means (laughs) that we all have to have one. Uh, Right. They have a dozen workers at a factory in Plymouth, Michigan, who are trying out the devices to help them maintain distance guidelines amid the coronavirus pandemic. And it is one of several safety ideas that the automaker is considering as they prepare to resume that production next month. Right. And I think another thing that they're all considering is how to spread out the assembly lines so that people aren't as close to each other. Yes, mostly that's what they've they've done to make sure that nobody's within... Uh, six feet, you know, I was reading, apparently, uh, I think it's, is it next month or is it maybe next week that the Boeing airplane manufacturing company uh, up in the greater Puget Sound, Seattle area, uh, they're going to do the same thing that they apparently have uh, used the time that they've taken to clean down their plants and and make things ready for their workers to come back to build airplanes uh, mm-hmm. that they're, they're making uh, and setting up uh, all the parameters on the on the manufacturing floors to keep everybody socially distant enough to be safe. Right, and they'll probably do the same thing that the, the uh, Chinese and Japanese are starting to do in their factories in China and Japan. Is What's that, shoot giving people? Your, every, no, well, no oh. they're not going to. Everybody gets a face mask like every four hours. You know, you change yeah. for a new one. Well, they can certainly manufacture them. They've been actually, you know, Boeing is in the business now of of making those uh, face shields, I guess, for uh, frontline workers. And and it would seem that the automakers could do that, too, if they can build respirators and things like that, that they can. Right. They they are. I think Ford has has got, you know, thousands of them a a week, I mean, a a day being uh, cranked out. You know, the shields, the face shields and stuff. And yeah, it was all about how to get back to work and has them making their money and, and, you know, and turning stuff out and and keeping the economy moving i'm all for it so long as it's keeping people safe i I am too my my concern though is that you have to have people to buy the product 
Right. I mean, you can't just manufacture tons of inventory and have it sit. I mean, there's sort of a symbiotic relationship, obviously, with almost any sort of consumer goods. And, um, you know, just with cars, you, you, just, you can't have inventory just sitting on the lots. The dealers can't afford to buy, you know, to, to buy another 100 cars this month just because you want to send them 100 cars. Additionally, sure. if they can't sell what they already have. So that's why I'm thinking that there has to be some sort of way to, you know, give a stimulus to jobs or I don't know how it is. But if people aren't going to feel confident unless they have the income coming in to be able to pay for a car, you know, that's a, you know, it's a tough thing. You can't If you can't make your car payment or if you're afraid of making your car payment, chances are you're not going to buy a new car right now. Perhaps the hospitals are going to have to buy cars with built-in respirators. Now, that's a possibility. I mean, you could just <laughs> sit, you could buy a really big Chevy Suburban and then you could put yourself like in a hospital bed in the back right. and just and just let it chug, you know, chug on for. Come on, the, Grandpa. Until Let's the gas. Fresh air. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe maybe there's a way to do that. But yeah, I mean, so obviously there's people working in the healthcare field and various other fields that we know are, are not going to lose their jobs you know, anytime soon. But uh, everybody else needs to worry about where their money's coming from. Uh, You're listening to Todd Bianco. I'm here with John McMullen, and this is All Revved Up on iHub Radio. We'll be right back. Desert cities of Southern California. Your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hello, John. Hey, Todd. Are you in the market for a Porsche 911 just by chance? No. Um, Well, I would like to be, but I'm not, unfortunately. Porsche's auctioning off what could be the last non turbocharged 911 ever made. Uh, it will sell its final seventh generation 911, which is a speedster, which is sort of like it's got the window sh- windshield cut down and it looks a little bit low, lower slung than the normal 911. <laughs> uh, they're special editions, basically. Um, they're doing it. Uh, they started uh, on the 15th, which was Wednesday, and it goes to the 27th. It's all online. All uh, proceeds go to a uh, COVID-19 fight in the United States here. Uh it, it's kind of interesting though because it's a, it's it's a you know the last of a breed so to speak. It's the last one to roll off the production line of this you know wildly successful generation, which is known internally as a 991, uh, which Porsche started in 2011 and ended on December 20th, 2019. Uh, all proceeds will benefit the United Way Worldwide Fund for COVID-19 pandemic relief. The car is a significant part of Porsche's history. The 911 Speedster for sale is a two-door car with a removable fabric roof. 
It is considered highly collectible because it is the last of the 99 run range and possibly the swan song of Porsche 911s that are naturally aspirated rather than turbocharged. Everything right now is turbocharged. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a limited edition model, which uh, debuted originally in the 50s uh, with a variant such as the 356 Carrera GT Speedster. Speedsters have been produced um, sporadically for the last several decades. Uh, it's also rare that it has a six-speed manual transmission, not an automatic, which is, you know, those are almost extinct these days. Um, it has 502 horsepower with a top speed of 192 miles per hour, 0 to 60 in 3.8 seconds. A minimalist interior, a l- very low roadster body style, uh, <laughs> proper flat six sound on the engine uh the winning bid will uh gets a 911 speedster heritage chronograph wristwatch made by porsche design uh letter authenticating that the chassis number is indeed the last 911 produced of that generation and a private tour of the porsche development center in wysak which is considered you know hallowed ground to porsche fanatics uh the 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 msrp is 311,000. just that's the base. So I'm sure that the uh, the bidding will be quite high, con- you know, considered uh, considering what it is. Uh, and people apparently have have money uh, to to spend. Um, Elon Musk revealed that there with the reason there is an interior facing camera in every Tesla that's made right now. It's sort of up like where the uh, where the rear view mirror is, uh, but it's not activated. People want uh, Elon to activate it so that it can be part of the security system. Right now, only the exterior cameras are part of this security system. But he says the reason is for when you know, your car becomes a robo-taxi uh, so that it can watch whoever is in the, the, the car to make sure that they don't damage the car. Interesting. So uh, he thinks the robo-taxi will be ready by the end of this year, the software for it, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Have you ever heard of this uh, driver named Kyle Larson, a NASCAR driver? I have. Uh, he's a bad, <laughs> bad I, boy this past week, and now I bet, he's thrown I bet his I career know away. Why you have. <laughs> well, he killed his career, didn't he? Yes, he did. Uh, he was driving, and this is a you know online. It's the iRacing event called the uh, Monza Madness. The race was live streamed to millions of viewers, appearing to be. I, I watched the, the you know the actual video of the live stream. It appears that he thinks he's talking just to his crew, his you know his team, yeah. and he says you you can't hear me. Then he said, "Hey, n word." Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he was there talking were, to his yeah. uh, tracker. Mm-hmm. There were a yeah. few stunned reactions, uh, followed by the driver, uh, Anthony Alfredo, saying, uh, hey, Kyle, you're talking to everyone, bud. It appears that Larson was unaware that his you know, comments were being broadcast to the entire stream rather than just his own radio team. You can hear someone say, yep, we heard that. And as, Kyle says, As oh, I damn. said earlier this week on Coachella Valley Live, I we talked about this and I, I said, you know, any fool who is around a microphone and says anything around a microphone, and, and that microphone might just simply be the microphone that's on your mobile telephone or your computer, right. uh, you say something, you better be prepared to live with it forever. Uh, that is true. These these days, a hot mic can catch just about anything, as we know. Uh, you know, grab them by the pee, right? Right. Uh, that was uh, that was on a hot mic as well. Uh, well, NASCAR rules say that a, that a 
public action that criticizes, ridicules, or otherwise disparages another person based on that person's race, color, creed, national origin, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, marital status, religion, age, or handicapping condition. That's a quote. Is grounds for fines, suspension, or termination? Uh, he drove for a, a, a Chip Ganassi uh, racing. Uh, they've suspended him. No, no, no. They suspended him, and then a day later, they terminated they, their relationship with him. Uh, you mean they fired him? Yes. What a shock. Yes. Right. He's gone. All right. <laughs> gone. Well, all of so. his sponsors, which included Chevrolet, said, uh, no, no, no. They don't want that associated with their brand. You're listening to Todd Bianco and John McMullen. This is all revved up on I Have Radio, and we'll be right back. From the desert cities of Southern California, your car is not a refrigerator. Getting all revved up. Now, here's Todd Bianco. Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hi, John. Hey, Todd. I found an interesting article that I thought, you know, why don't we have this here? But it's it's about what's happening basically in, in the entire economy. You know, COVID-19 is here and now we have robots on the streets. There's actually robots that are they're testing this in Ann Arbor, Michigan right now, uh, driving down the streets with food in them being delivered to various people, whoever's ordered them. Hmm. Yeah. So it's called refraction AI that, you know, the artificial intelligence, their robot restaurant food delivery service. That's seen uh, seen demand increase by four times since COVID-19 crisis, uh, you know, shut down most of the states. And they're doing this uh, test in Michigan. The company's engineers are working furiously to expand the company's small fleet of three wheeled uh, robots. Uh, so the it, uh, it it's part of but this is this isn't going away even with COVID if even if COVID COVID nineteen disappears tomorrow uh, you know robots are going to start taking over for things uh, I didn't know this but this the, another thing that this company does they work with all these big companies like Walmart and you know Home Depot whatever they actually have robots that come in and clean the floors and clean the the, the stores at night. And the robots know exactly like a like a big Roomba, but <laughs> real seriously. But they're programmed to you know they know the exact every aisle they're going down. They know you know what things are and they, they so they basically clean up anything on the floor and polish the floor so that you know people human beings used to do this work you know right <laughs> back when we valued is, paying humans to actually do a job. Yeah, so it's getting, you know, even more difficult these days. Of course, these are, you know, electric cars. I mean, they're electric vehicles as well. Uh, you know, there's no there's no engine, just a battery and a motor to, you know, on these various robots. So, that you know, they have that technology as well. I wonder when we're uh, going to get into, as a society, doing robot tipping. 
I don't mean like gratuities. I mean like cow tipping. You know that could that could happen. I, part of I'm sure that part of this you know this this test that they're doing is to see how angry people get the, get at them or whether they're accepted by people because you know, right. it basically parks in front of your house or your apartment building and I guess it you know you get a text message saying hi the robots here and you can go out <laughs> and you know get what seriously and get out and get I might want to exercise out of the robot my Second Amendment rights. I don't know. I don't that's like sitting it. on sitting on the street. So yeah, and, and they've got in the robots that I'm seeing that they're doing the like the grocery stores and the WalMarts and stuff. There actually is a driver's seat and a steering wheel, but I guess they have that there for the test ones. But generally, there nobody's in them. <laughs> they're it's, just a, you know they autonomously know how to you know navigate their their way around the stores. I don't know. I uh, think it's creepy, Todd. I think it's a little creepy too. But this is. Problem is, is, is I it. saw I saw one of those final episodes of the uh, of the follow on series that they did with bringing back the X Files a couple of years ago, and yes. mm-hmm. and they did a whole deal where basically AI takes over uh, whether it's in the restaurant or running the c- car like an Uber or Lyft car or you know any number of other things that happen, including a killer Roomba. So uh, I'm not a huge fan. No, and, and the uh, the second season of Star Trek uh, Discovery was also about the rise of AI, but basically the AI took the place of Starfleet and was going to just do away with everybody because they didn't need them. Right. So they had to like overcome the AI to you know to basically take back Starfleet, and that was the you know the the you know the topic of basically the entire season is, is was leading up to the you know the fight to take it back, and they were fighting basically robot spaceships. Our pop culture was, may know, be the last thing to try and help save us and and remind us that uh, we are replaceable. Uh, and yeah, unfortunately, that's the case. And if you've ever watched, there's these. You can go on YouTube and, and look at some of these factories that are out there, like big car factories. The robots are doing most of the work these days. I mean, they're they're cutting steel, they're putting windshields in, they're they're you know welding all over the car. I mean, these things are doing all the work that used to be done by by people. So it's you know it's the car industry is is leading that because they have these big robots, but they wouldn't be buying these big robots if they didn't make their money back on it fairly quickly. You know, so the if robots that's the case, then maybe what, maybe what we should do is make businesses have to pay the robots, and the robots should be owned by individuals, and then they derive their income from these companies and have more time to spend with their actual families and doing other things that they like doing. But the well, idea of just nobody is able to earn a living anymore because we have machines that do everything for us. You know, that, that kind of scares me though. I would like to have a car that if I decide I want to sleep halfway somewhere on a three or 400 mile ride, I could turn it over and let the AI take care of it. But I would, I would have to be in the vehicle in order for it to work. That's right. I think that's what's coming. That's level four, basically autonomy. And I think we're going to be there within the next five years. Uh, but it would have to be like on a highway. I don't think it would be on surface streets. You know, it, it would yeah. be like on an interstate or something. Right. They don't and do it would particularly go, it well with roundabouts, know, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it would know by your, you know, everything would have to be input into a GPS. So, you know, the navigation system knew where you were going. Right. And so it would know when to wake you up as well. And the cars can pull themselves over anyway if they need to. Sure. So that, that's coming. I think that's all going to be here. Uh, 
you know, one of the things I don't remember, Andrew Yang, he was running, running for um, one of his uh, propositions was that we should tax the robots, that they should pay that that any company that's using them should pay a tax, just like almost like a payroll tax to pay into a system that would then help compensate people. And, uh, you know, make things better for people, whether it's through uh, health care or through a, any sort of you know, social welfare system. But yeah. you would end up taxing the robots because they're the ones that are doing the work. And we should, you know, right now that means that there's no payroll taxes being paid for them. Correct. So that's not a that's actually that's actually an idea that's been floated out there before. And I don't think it's a bad idea. Of course, enterprise is not generally very receptive to the idea of having to pay for anything that they don't have to. So. Therein comes part of the problem. Uh, that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Uh, I was surprised when I saw this article. It was about Italy actually had sales last month, surprisingly. Really? Uh, you know, that I thought the place was shut down. But, uh, you know, according to this chart I saw, it, it, I, which I found interesting, the, the chart fe- fe- is featuring um, the Tesla Model 3 was the largest selling EV in Italy in March. It sold 358 units. And then the Smart 4.2 electric, believe it or not, which they don't know they no longer sell here, which because nobody bought it, was a hundred, you know, they sold 128 of these and it went all the way down to, you know, a Tesla Model X and a uh, you know, an Opel Corsa E, which is a, you know, a, a GM car which is now made Opel used to be part of General Motors, but now it's part of uh, Peugeot, uh, yeah, PSA, Peugeot Citron. So, um, yeah. You know, I uh, think it's just the inter- first smart car I ever saw was actually in Rome back in 2004, maybe? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the first smart car I saw was in Paris in about that time period. A friend of mine had one. And the only reason he, he could afford pretty much anything he wanted I mean, he usually drove, you know, big, he had a car here and it was a Range Rover and stuff. But, uh, but in Paris, you know, even though he had a very nice apartment and everything else, the fact that you could park this car, you know, on on the streets of of Rome or Paris or these, you know, older streets or, you know, older cities, uh, parking is not by space. Parking is by, you know, here's a long street and you can park anywhere on that street and you have to go get a little ticket at a, po- you know, there's a post that you go or, you know, a little machine you go and you buy however many hour, you know, an hour right. and you put that in your windshield. Uh, but that's how it's done. They don't actually have spots, you know, marked off with the paint like we do here because it just, you know, it doesn't, uh, we don't. They don't have the kind of parking space that we have, and they don't have the kind of big streets we have. So that's how it was done. So he could fit this thing just about anywhere he needed to fit it. But I'm telling you, in 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 rush hour traffic in Paris, I was a little scared. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, he was going normal speed with like everybody else, but it was like you know, this is a really small car we're in. Right. I didn't even know they still sold it. You know, because I, I know what happened is that. Um, Mercedes-Benz, which owns Smart, uh, mm-hmm. they are in a partnership with the, the Chinese company Geely, which is the owner of Volvo, and they're going to be re, re it's going to be a new birth, a renaissance of Smart, uh, and it will be an all-electric brand, and it will be, you know, Mercedes is going to engineer or is going to do the styling and and that or and the um, 
the interior and uh, Geely is going to do the battery and electric drive system. So that's going to be coming and they, they might actually sell that in the United States. Hmm. Look, look for it at your Volvo dealer. Yeah. Hey, Todd, Ford Motor Company is celebrating the Mustang's 56th birthday by announcing yes. a couple of global awards for the famed pony car. It is the best-selling sports coupe in the world for the fifth consecutive year and America's best-selling sports car for the past 50 years. And the latest sales figures from IHS Market uh, found over 102,000 Mustangs were sold globally in 2019. Uh, since global sales began in uh, 2015 of the Mustang, over 633,000 have been sold worldwide. Buyers have 12 different options when they look at the Mustang, including the Shelby uh, GT350, and uh, that's the... Uh, uh, one of them, there's the uh, Mustang Eco Poop Boost and the GT models. So, um, yes, congrats That's to right. Ford. Yeah. The GT has the the five liter five you know, what five liter V8 in it, uh, I think, and then the GT350 has a bigger V8 in it or a more powerful V8. Uh, they're getting rid of the GT350 because they already have a Shelby GT500, which is like 700 horsepower, and they're going to call the new one. They're going to rename it the Mach 1. Now, the electric Mustang is going to be the Mach E, but the Mach 1 will take the place of the GT350. Wasn't the Mach you know, 1 also dedicated to a previous version in the past? It was. Yes, it was a, yeah. in the uh, 70s. Yeah. There was a Mach 1. It I was because I had a, a real neighbor hot who car. had one. They're still collectible. Yeah. Yeah, so they're but they're going to rename one of the GT350 into a Mach 1, which I guess is going along with the Mach E thing that they're bringing uh, as well. Uh, so Ford, I think Ford is doing well with this, but compare that to the original car, the original pony car. There, 1964 and a half, and 1965, they sold nearly a million of them in one year. Wow. So. Yeah, a million in one year. Uh, so it was very, very popular. Uh, you know, the, there's not a lot of competition, though, for the Mustang because it's a, it's a two-door rear-drive sports car. You have the Chevy Camaro. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think Chevy sells that worldwide. I think they might sell some of it in the U.K., but uh, it's not a very big car outside the United States. And, of course, uh, Fiat Chrysler has the uh, Dodge uh, Challenger and Dodge Charger, but those are much bigger cars. But even those don't outsell the Mustang. I'd the Mustang. I'd be interested is, to know how much of their market uh, is in the rental car market, because gosh, it sure seems like I see a ton of Mustangs at the rental car uh, businesses here, especially convertibles here in Southern yeah. California and South Florida and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, are you listening to Todd Bianco and John McMullen? This is all revved up on IHOP Radio. We'll be right back. Weather, truth, and fun. We're iHub Radio, homegrown in the Coachella Valley. For the love of cars, this is All Revved Up. Here's Todd. 
Welcome back. I'm here with John McMullen. Hi, John. Hey, Todd. Uh, Fiat Chrysler is having a big recall of 550,000 pickup trucks and SUVs worldwide because the windshield wiper arms can become loose and stop the wipers from working properly. Wow. So the recall, I mean, this should be easy for you to fix yourself, but okay. The recall covers 2019 through two through 2020 Ram 1500 pickups, the uh, 1500 classic pickups, and Jeep Compass SUVs. Uh, documents posted by the National Highway Transport Traffic Safety Administration's website uh, say that loose wiper arms reduce the driver's visi- you know, visibility. Well, duh. Uh, owners will be notified later this month, and dealers will tighten the wiper nuts to fix the problem. If you can't do it yourself, I would think that you should be able to do it yourself. But hey, you should be able to. But I honestly, I think that Fiat Chrysler should have to also recall all Fiats just because they're so ugly. Well, (laughs) they're not selling very well as part of the problem, although there is a new 500 coming. I mean, who designed Uh, them? The Pope? uh, No, I don't know who designed them. It was, you know, they needed to look sort of like the old 500, but... You know, they've made that one for 30-something years before they re- redesigned it. But there will be a new 500 out shortly, I think. And it will be only electric here in the United States. They desperately need elect- to sell electric cars, uh, especially in California, to meet their emissions requirements before they get fined. So that's going to be something. Um, last week, I talked about Motor Trend TV. And they've got you know their new streaming app out. And... Uh, I think it's eleven ninety nine for twelve months, which I thought was a pretty good deal. I got an email from them that has some of the great shows. Now I have never heard of any of these, but I've got to read them because they're too good. There's Engine Masters, Carb Spacers, Gimmick or Gold now available. <laughs> There's Motor Trend <laughs> Motor Trend Watch Party, which is Dirt Every Day episode one hundred, with hosted by Fred Williams and Dave Chappelle. <laughs> So there, then they have a they have a Facebook watch party for that uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Well, it's coming soon, uh, I guess. Uh, and you can watch it also on YouTube starting at 5:30. They have another show called Driven, uh, which is, looks like it's a detailing show where you you know they show you how to detail the cars, and then Bitchin' Boot Camp Four on the Door is also now available. Describe that for me. I don't know. I have no idea what it is. But, um, uh, you know, but they have it on Motor Trend TV if you want to see it. I have no idea it what It sounds like doing. something that might be hosted by Pam Anderson and a friend of hers or something. Not, it doesn't look like it. looks like they're putting together, basically they're, they're restoring cars by fixing all the things on them that, that you know, you, there aren't new parts for. You know, like if there's a bent fender, you can't just go buy a new fender for a car that was built in 1955. You have to fix it. I so see. it looks like what they're doing in the, in the promo, it looks like they're fixing old cars and, uh, you know, but uh, there you go. It's Fender Bender Bitchin' Boot Camp. <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah okay uh ford has told its dealers that the 2021 bronco sport that's the smaller bronco uh which will now start production in september rather than july as a result of covid19 pandemic uh parts uh, the plant shutdowns have led to parts being not shipped to the plants because the, the suppliers are also shut down obviously uh so the 
schedule that was supposed to be being kept. They were supposed to be unveiled at the New York Auto Show this month. And of course, the New York Auto Show was canceled or postponed until August. So they don't have the parts to do the car yet, even though I think the Ford dealers desperately would like the car because essentially what it will be is a a compact crossover, which is this, you know, the, the, the heart of the market. And if they give it sort of chunky styling, like a Bronco, I think it will sell. I mean, basically it's, it's, it's a, it's based on a Ford focus platform. Uh, and it's, it's also the same platform that the Ford, um, escape is done on. So it's, you know, it's like an escape, but with Bronco styling, it'll probably be the same engines and, and transmissions and things that are in the escape, which is their big selling uh, compact SUV. But there it is. So the Bronco sport, I know everybody was waiting for that is going to be delayed. And we haven't yet seen the real, you know, the big Bronco, even though there's been pictures of it online that, you know, slightly camouflaged. They were supposed to introduce that last month and they didn't do it. So I don't know what's going to happen because these are these are things that are all being delayed. And these are all these are all very important products to Ford because Ford basically makes their money selling trucks. And if they don't have trucks for people to buy, it's a problem. There's also going to be a new F-150. I don't, I don't remember which generation of it, but there will be a, the 2021 F-150 is a complete redesign of the current F-150. It won't look that much different, but it will be supposedly the interiors will be punched up to a higher level, even on the standard models. Uh, and then we'll get more. There will probably be a hybrid one. And then, of course, we're expecting an electric one as well. But, uh, you know, Ford can't really afford to uh, to lose the introduction of the F-150 because that's that basically pays all the bills at Ford. You know, it's it's they sell right. nine hundred thousand of them a year, and it's very 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 profitable. Uh, I think Ford is going to announce a two billion dollar loss this quarter. You know, they've already said it's going to be bad because of all the problems that are there, and none of the but none of the automakers can afford to just lose money like that. Uh, so it's it's a it's not a good thing for any of them. But you, again, you still have to have somebody buy it. Uh, we did hear some really good news from Mazda this week. Uh, it slated to arrive in 2022, the next generation Mazda 6 will switch to rear drive from front drive and feature an inline six-cylinder engine, which will be a first for Mazda. Uh, this is part of Mazda's push into what they call the near luxury status. Uh, they're going to probably have what they call a Skyactiv X inline six-cylinder engine. And what that means, John, is that it, it can operate like a diesel engine or it can operate like a regular gas engine and therefore be more efficient uh, because it can choose between the different types of combustion and therefore it will always find a sweet spot for it to be efficient. So they have this technology that they really haven't deployed too much yet, although they do have a few of the Skyactive X engines in cars in the United, I mean, in, uh, outside the United States. Do they have in, an EV? Uh, they do not. And they are developing one with, you know, they're now an affiliate of Toyota. And now, they're they going were to be part developed. of Ford at one point, right? Uh, yeah, that was a few, several years ago before Ford got rid of them. And now uh, I think... Uh, Toyota has a has an interest in them. I think if you have like twenty percent in Japan, that's considered like an affiliate. 
Yeah. You know, they're not a they're not a subsidiary. It's like Subaru is is like 20% owned by Toyota as well. So they're considered an affiliate. And what the, what these smaller companies are going to do is they're going to sort of, you know, piggyback on Toyota, deepening their ties with Toyota. And they're also going to if um, they're also going to use the same engines and platform on the uh, Lexus IS and RC, which are their compact uh, sedan and coupes. So Toyota's going to use some of it too. Yeah, I just know my t- first SUV was uh, was actually a Mazda Navajo, which was built on the ah, yes. Ford Explorer platform. That's right. You're listening to Todd Bianco and John McMullen. This is all revved up on iHeartRadio. More from Bring a Trailer when we come back. <laughs> 